Amen. Hey, while y'all are while y'all are seated, can you still make some noise for everybody watching us right now online? Can you do that? Facebook Live. Welcome, 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 welcome. Man, we're just blessed. We're honored that you guys are here with us this morning. Uh, just came from Lake Nona. It's been an amazing, an amazing, amazing morning already. And uh, we are ready to have a good morning right now. Y'all look good. Look at the person next to you. Say, you look good. Oh, no, you can do better. Look at the person on the other side of you. Say, you look better. If you're sitting by yourself, just tell yourself, say, I look so good. Amen. Amen. Is that not fun? That's always good. How many of you like encouragement? Anybody like encouragement? You like that? That's fun, isn't it? Well, uh, this morning, I want to encourage you. Can I do that? Can I encourage you this morning? Uh, we're in a series called Unboxed. And uh, as we go through this series, as we talk through this series, one of the uh, things that I've absolutely loved, thanks, John, one of the things that I've absolutely loved is, um, is just the fact of what Pastor Rodney has been unpacking for us and what he's been unboxing for us. And uh, how many of you know that... Um, that, that in, in a box, some of the smallest boxes can contain the biggest blessings. How many know that? You know that this morning? Some of the smallest boxes always contain the biggest blessings. And this morning what I want to do is I want to unpack another box because I believe in the box that we can unpack this morning, there's a blessing. How many of you want a blessing this morning? Anybody want a blessing? Yeah, yeah. If you didn't raise your hand, man, we're going to pray for you. We need a blessing. Everybody wants a blessing. I know Matt and I said they want to be blessed. Um, Pastor Rodney shared with us a couple weeks ago his unboxed story. You know, if you were here um, and you, you heard it, um, he when he proposed to his wife Michelle, he opened the, she opened the box and it was so great. And he was telling the story, and all I could focus on was the fact that her shorts were longer than his in the picture. Um, so I kept trying to. I kept trying to focus on the illustration, but uh, it was good. So I want to share with you, can I share with you an unboxed story that happened to me? Um, so my wife, Michelle, different Michelle, um, my wife, Michelle, um, that'd be awkward for me. Uh, so my wife, Michelle, we've been together, we've been married almost 17 years, uh, been together almost 20, and um, we, we were on a five-year waiting plan to have a child. And we renewed that plan three times. Um, and so we love kids. We, we just liked other people's kids, um, which is shocking because most people don't like other people's kids. We did. We really did. And uh, so uh, finally got to the point where we said, you know what, we're, we're going to have a baby. And uh, so about two and a half years ago, um, my wife and I found out we were having a child, a little boy. And um, he's amazing until he's not. And, and when he, my wife, true story, this is not in my, uh, I got a text on the way over here from Nona, and it was a picture of my son standing next to the pack and play, like, you know, like the little pack and play, and she said he figured out how to get out. <laughs> pray for us, pray for us. So he's sick at home right now, he's got pneumonia, and uh, he's okay, <laughs> don't feel bad, <laughs> he's okay. Uh, he climbed out of a pack and play, <laughs> he's fine. Um, so, uh, but anyway. Yeah, so we, when we found out we were having a baby, we, we wanted to tell people, you know. And so we called our family, you know, told my parents first and, and you know, my wife's parents and, you know, all that stuff. And then we said, man, we need to tell the staff. And uh, so every every Christmas we have a staff party get together. And um, it was re it's really fun. And so my wife and I came up with the idea to get all the staff, none of them knew, to bring a gift to give to Pastor Rodney and Michelle. But I said, don't spend a lot of money on the gift. <laughs> like, just make it funny because it's not about the gift, you know. 
what I was trying to accomplish into what we were trying to accomplish. And so, um, so we put into a box, um, my wife, I said we, I didn't do a thing. Um, my wife put into this box uh, little baby booties, you know, and uh, a, a, a picture, a sonogram framed in the box. And uh, so we took the box to this Christmas party, and uh, I found the video of us telling Pastor Rodney and Michelle and the staff, and it's going to be up here. So that's the box. And uh, so just watch Michelle's response. This is good. Look at her screaming. Look at her. Pastor Rodney's like, what is it? I don't get it. I don't, these shoes won't fit me. Is that not great? Pause it, pause it. Can you pause it, pause it, pause it? Look, how y'all like my outfit? I know. I shouldn't have told you it was a Christmas party. I just pipping a, a just Santa. I mean, what, y'all don't have that? Uh, is that not cool? Is that, that's cool, isn't it? So Pastor Rodney, he tried to wear the booties, and I said, no, they're not for you. I'm having a son. And so uh, it was awesome. But that's my unbox story. Today I want to unbox something else. Can we do that? Can we unbox something else? Um, we're talking about faith. We're talking about unboxing faith. We're talking about what that looks like. Uh, Pastor's done a great job last couple of weeks. And so today I just want to kind of continue that. And I want to unbox, um, I want to unbox something today that, that I believe that everybody in this room, everybody, I love, I love when you can do a topic that affects everybody. Everybody in this room can learn from this box. And if you can open this box in your life, if you can constantly open this box in your life and live out what's the contents of this box, I believe your lives will be blessed. And so that's what I want for you. That's what we want for you as a church. That's what Pastor Rodney wants for you as a church. We want you to be blessed. And so in this box that I want to open up today, it's very simple. It's two words. It's faithful obedience. Faithful obedience. I believe that if you unbox faithful obedience in your life, you will be blessed. I believe that the reason why a lot of people don't experience the blessings that God has for them is because they, they don't obey what God's told them to do. And, and I believe that, that, that sometimes in our life that, that the, the blessing is on the other side of the obedience, but we don't look at the obedience as being a part of the blessing. And let me tell you something. If you're not faithfully obedient to what God's called you to do, if you're not faithfully obedient to him, you will never be blessed. And if you just obey a little, you're going to be blessed a little. But if you obey a lot, you're going to be blessed a lot. And, and, and I don't mean like the massive steps of obedience. I mean, some of you, you just need to take like a, just a minor step. You just need to obey like that. He's not asking you to jump off a cliff. He's just asking you to take a step. And I believe that, that for some of you in this room, your lack of obedience is the reason why you lack the blessing. And I don't want you to lack blessings Therefore, we can't lack obedience. And I want to share a story with you um, that is, is one of my favorite stories. Actually, last year, I, I, sh I shared about this, this, this story. And it, it's just a story. There's so much good in this story. Have you ever read a story one time, and you get something out of it, and then you read it again, and you get something totally different out of it? That, that's this story. And it's the story of Jonah. It's the story of who Jonah is. And, uh, and I'm not going to go deep, deep, deep into all the stuff about Jonah, but I really want to, to look at the shell of the story of Jonah and see how Jonah can teach us this morning 
what it means to be faithfully obedient and what happens when we become faithfully obedient to what God wants us to do. And so if you've got your Bible or your notes or your app, I'd like for you to open it up. And it's going to be on my TV here, and so you can follow me along. But, but I want to read the first couple verses with you, and then I just want to unpack this together this morning. And I want us at the end of the day, I believe that everybody in this room has a step to take today. Everybody that's hearing me right now, that's looking at me right now, you have a step to take today. You may think, no, I've taken all my steps. No, you haven't. There's a step today that you can take. And I'm going to challenge you to take a step today. And some of those steps that, you, that I'm going to challenge you to take, they're going to be a little different. They're going to be like, well, well I'm supposed to do what? No, what? No, what? That, that, that's a step. But let me tell you something. I believe if you're faithfully obedient in the little, God will bless you with a lot. And I believe that when you're faithful, you know, to be, obey everything that he says, then he's going to bless you in ways you've never been blessed before. And so we look at Jonah, we start in verse 1, we're going to read the first three verses. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. So the, God spoke to Jonah, and he told Jonah what to do. So this is the, the, the thing that he's supposed to do. He's supposed to go to the great city of Nineveh, and he's supposed to preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. And so that's what God asked Jonah to do, to go to this city, this town of Nineveh, and, and to preach against it, to say, hey, what you're doing is wrong. Hey, what, what, if you don't change what you're doing, God's not going to bless you. If you don't change it, if you don't do this, the wrath of God is going to become upon you. And so that's what Jonah's asked to do. But Jonah ran away. Jonah ran away from the Lord, and he headed for Tarshish. And look at the next one. It says, he went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. And, and, and so you got Jonah, and God has told Jonah something to do. And it's very simple what he said to do. He said, listen, just go to this town. Now, just because it's simple to do doesn't mean it's an easy task. You know what I mean? So, But, but the obedience is easy. He simply he lays out exactly what he's supposed to do. He doesn't say, hey, go somewhere and do something. No, he's, he's specific. And so he says, do this. Go to this town. Preach against this town. Tell them what they're doing is wrong. And if they don't change the wrath of me is going to come upon them. And so Jonah, he doesn't just not do it. Jonah, like, does the exact opposite. Like, Jonah, he goes away. He goes the other way. And so what I want you to understand is that every once in a while in your life, God is going to tell you to do something that you don't like to do. I believe there's a lot of people that they're just sitting around waiting for God to speak to them, and they're waiting for God to tell them to, to what they want to hear. And they're not going to move, and they're not going to obey until God tells them what they want to hear. And if it's difficult, if they don't agree with it, because that's what, obviously, Jonah here, he doesn't agree with it. He doesn't think he needs to. He doesn't see the importance in it. He doesn't see that, okay, I don't, I don't want to do that, so I'm, I'm going to go do this. And so what Jonah is understanding here is that when God speaks to me, if I don't like it, I'm not going to do it. And I believe that, honestly, if we were truthful with ourselves, many of us live our life that way. I will do anything God says as long as I like it. Whatever God tells me to do, I'll do. If I like it, or maybe if you agree with it, or if you think it's important. One of the hardest things to teach is obedience. Like I said, I have a 20-month-old at home. I'm walking this right now. I'm literally, that's the hardest thing to teach him is obedience. And he has sporadic obedience, not faithful obedience. It's sporadic at best. But I know that if I do it now, if I instill it into him now, when he's older, it will come naturally. But if I don't take the time to do it now, when he's older, God help us all. And so what I want in your life is I want you to learn not sporadic obedience, faithful obedience. Because one of the things that I learned as a young child is that delayed obedience is always 
bored you? Learn that? That's it? Just bored you? Let me help you. Delayed obedience is always disobedience. Don't delay to obey. Because when you delay your obedience, ultimately you're delaying your blessing. Why would you delay your blessing? God has something that he wants to give you. God has something that he wants to show you. God has something that he has prepared specifically with you in mind. But because of your lack of obedience, you're not receiving that. And God's saying, just obey. If you would just obey, I will do this. Faithful obedience, no matter the size of the task, or no matter the size of the ask, will always produce God's blessings. Let me say that again. Faithful obedience, no matter the size of the task, or the size of the ask, will always produce God's blessings. Some of you right now, you're sitting on the blessings of God. Like you're, like you're sitting on it. Like, he, he, like, like you just got to get up and do something. As soon as you get up and do what God asks you to do, it's going to happen. Now, I don't say it's going to be easy, but, but it's going to happen. What God asked Jonah to do is not easy, but it's simple. And that's what God wants for us. I want to look at the rest of the passage of the scripture, and uh, I'm not going to go deep, deep into it, but I think there's some, there's some cool things that we can learn, that we can apply. So um, verse 4 through 17, it says this. It says, Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. So here you have Jonah, and he's going to a different place than God is asking him to do. And, and what's crazy, and I, I, I've taught this before, but I want you to understand, like where Jonah's going is 2,500 miles away from where he currently is. <laughs> crazy, 2,500. Where God told him to go was only 500 miles away. How many of you know that sometimes it's harder to disobey than it is to disobey? You know? So Jonah's somewhere between where he started and 2,500 miles. And all of a sudden, a storm comes so hard upon this boat that it's threatening to break up the ship, meaning the ship is like breaking apart. This is not Lake Conway. That's not what we're talking about. This is like hurricane stuff. And the ship is threatening to break up. Verse 5 says, all the sailors were afraid. You ever been on, how many of you have been on a cruise before? You ever been in bad seas on a cruise? I'd say we were on one boat one time, it was horrible seas. And I, I only got scared when the crew got scared. How many of you feel me? The crew's like, oh, this ain't bad. I'm thinking it's not bad. No, it's not bad. But when you walk down the hall and the crew member's like, oh my. The crew is terrified. They're afraid. They cried out to their own God. They threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. Look at the next one. It says, he went down to job. But Jonah had gone below deck. Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. <laughs> like, not only is he running from God, he like goes to the bottom of the boat and goes to, like, he doesn't sit in the corner, he sleeps in the corner. So all this stuff is happening around him, and he's oblivious. He's asleep. And so it says the captain went to get him, and he said, how can you sleep, bro? Get up. Call on your God, maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. 
Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who's responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they ask him, tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble? What kind of work do you do? They're questioning him. Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? And he answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. 10 says this, this terrified them and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them. Can you imagine? Jonah gets on this boat. He pays the fare. He says, hey, FYI, I'm not running away. I'm running from God. I'm going to go take a nap. Like, why would you even bring that up? You know what I'm saying? Jonah knew what he was doing was wrong. I believe there's many of us that know what we're doing is wrong. I mean, really. My son, when he does stuff that's wrong, he goes, uh-oh. I'm like, no, that's not an uh-oh. That's a come here, you need a whooping. There's a difference between an uh-oh and a you need a whooping. Some of y'all need a whooping. But you're thinking it's an uh-oh. Jonah knew what he was doing was wrong. He told people what he was doing was wrong. But yet he still went to sleep. Look what it says. It says the sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do? Jonah, you told us you were doing something wrong. What should we do? I love what verse 12 says. All right, It says, pick me up and throw me into the sea. The story of Jonah is ultimately a story of surrender. Because even though Jonah knew what he was doing was wrong, even though he got on the wrong boat, even though he was not doing what God asked him to do, ultimately Jonah came to a point in his life where he had to surrender. That's all he could do. Nothing else was working. They threw cargo over. They prayed to their gods. Nothing. You will get to a point in your life where you realize that the only step that is worth taking is surrender. Some of you are running from it. Some of you are fighting it. And this morning I want you to understand that the only step some of you need to take is the step off the boat, the surrender step. Ultimately, Jonah had to surrender because he knew that if he surrendered, it will become calm. He said, I know that it's my fault that this great storm has become upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to shore. Look at the next one. It says, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and they threw him overboard. And the raging sea instantly, boom, grew calm, just as Jonah had said, because of his obedience, his surrender. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to him. Pause for a second right here. Look at this, 16. You know what happens? Not only when we surrender, does it change our life, but when we surrender, it can change the lives of people around us. Some of you are not just robbing your blessing. Some of you this morning, you're robbing the blessings of people around you. Because of your lack of obedience, because of your lack of faithful obedience, because you choose to be sporadically obedient to what God is and what he's told you to do, because of that, you're not only robbing your blessing, you're robbing the blessing of the people around you. When we take a step of surrender, when we take a step and surrender to who God is 
and what God wants for us, it will not just change us, it will change those around us. I don't want to be known as someone that steals other people's blessings. I want to be known for somebody that helps people who come to us. As a church, that's our desire. We don't want to steal your blessings. We want to make sure that you have access to your blessings in full. Two things in life that we have to surrender that are the most important thing. And I believe that there's somebody in this room this morning that you need to take this first step of surrender. You've never done this before. And I believe if you're honest this morning, truly honest, you need to take this surrender step of salvation. In a room this size with this many people, there's somebody in this room, maybe it's just one, but there's somebody in this room right now that you've never truly surrendered your life to Christ. You've never given him everything that you have. Some of you, you come to church every week, you fill one of these chairs every week, but you've never truly surrendered to who God is. And if you were to die today, right now, if you were to die and you were standing before God and God were to say, hey, that's you, that's you, that's you. That's why I said I love you in my heart. You'd say, well, I went to church every week. I sporadically gave money to the church. My parents took me to church. I was baptized as a child. I was an infant. But God's gonna look at you and he's gonna say, hey, That's not how you get to heaven. That's not how you, you do that. The only way to experience life with God eternally is through a relationship with his son. Ultimately surrender. You have to surrender and you have to throw your hands up and you have to say, God, listen, I need you. God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that my sin has separated me from God. I admit that, God. I admit my sin has separated me from you. And God says, okay, that's the first step. The first step is identifying your need for a Savior. The second step is realizing that Jesus sent his son to die on a cross to pay for your sin, to pay for my sin. Like God did that for us. And not only did he die, but he was buried. And he was buried for three days. And I think it's crazy because go to this last verse. Go to the, the, the one that it says, Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days. Jesus, when he died, he was buried, and he was, he was dead three days. But yet he rose again. And when he rose again, do you know what that does? That gives us access to him. Because he defeated death so we can defeat death. He defeated death so that we don't have to live by the bondage that comes with our sin. And you've got to choose this morning to follow him with all that you have and all that you are. Admit, believe, and choose. Admit that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. Believe Jesus died for you and he rose again. And then choose to follow him. Throw your hands up and surrender. Some of you in this room this morning, you come every week and you've never truly done that. This morning, there's somebody in this room that you need to take that step of surrender. And you need to give your life to Christ. You need to begin a relationship with him. Your blessing is on the other side of that obedience. And you'll never be all that God wants you to be until you give him all that he wants. And that's your life. The second thing is... 
is something that, that so many people view as a side note of God's of, of salvation. They, 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 view, they view this as just like, it's a side note, like, like if you want to, or if, 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 if you can, if you, you do this. But through the waters of baptism, it's not a side note. Baptism is a powerful, life-changing moment. Baptism is where you express outwardly what God has done inwardly to you. Baptism is your Nineveh experience. Where baptism is what Jonah did because Jonah got eaten by a fish. And then what Jonah did was after he got eaten by a fish, he had a conversation. Read it, Jonah chapter 2. He had a conversation with God in the belly of a whale. And then the whale, after Jonah gets right and says, okay, I'm in. Jonah actually in the whale. The whale swims over to New Smyrna Beach, okay? Not really, but just imagine it in your head. So, and then he gets close enough to the water or to the edge that, that the whale actually, it says in the Bible, spit Jonah on shore. I've been to the beach a lot. I ain't never seen that. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Hmm. Uh, okay. Then Jonah, once he spit on sea, hopefully took some sort of a shower and then headed straight to Nineveh. And while he was in Nineveh, he did what God asked him to do. And because he was faithfully obedient to God, his assignment changed lives. Some of you, you will not, you will not surrender and be baptized because you don't think it truly matters. But let me tell you something. Through the powerful, life-changing moment of baptism, what you're doing is you're expressing what God has done inwardly, outwardly, and you become a testimony to the power of God. Three things happen when you're baptized. Three reasons why to be baptized. The first is so that you can identify with Christ. You identify with who he is. Jesus is our pattern. Every time we baptize people, we are baptizing and we are identifying with who Christ is, the pattern, the power that comes with him. Now, I don't know about you, but one of the greatest moments of my life was the day that I gave my life to Christ. And I was just a child. I'm so thankful the Bible says with childlike faith you can believe. And I didn't have all the answers, but I did know this. I wasn't the answer. And I wanted my life to be different. So I put my faith and my trust in him. And then years later, I had another powerful life-changing moment. And that was the day that I got baptized. And I'll never forget that moment, that day of my life, when I gave my life to Christ. And then years later, when I was obedient to him, and I took that step of faith. And I explained to my entire church through my actions who God was to me. And I identified with him. The second thing is this, and this, is, this, this to me is, is what's powerful. Not only does it identify with Christ, but it illustrates, it illustrates what Christ has done for us. The reason why we baptize and take you all the way down and bring you all the way up is because that's what Christ did for us. That's what Jesus did for us. He all the way died. And he was buried. And then he rose again. And when he rose again, showed something. He showed and he implied that we are now new. When you come up out of that water, behold, the old is gone, the new has come. When we get the opportunity, and you can put number three up there, it implies what we are now in Christ. 
whose we are in Christ. And I believe there's somebody in this room this morning that you believe baptism is a side event and it's not a powerful life-changing moment. And I believe that if you're honest with yourself and you're honest with, with what God is teaching you and showing you, some of you are, are sleeping on the promises of God. You're like Jonah right now. You know who God is. You've surrendered your life to Christ. You've done that. But you're at the bottom of a boat sleeping on the promises that God has for you. And the promises and the blessings and your destiny that God has for you is on the other side of that baptismal thing. And you will never truly be who God has called you to be. You will never truly experience what God wants you to experience until you take that step of obedience and you step forward and you step into that tank and you allow your testimony to show through. What God has done in you, you allow God to show that. You, you show that through the outward expression of baptism. And I believe for many of you, your blessing is on the other side of that baptismal. And I don't know what's keeping you from getting in it. I don't know if it's scared or it's nervous or it's just not about that or I just don't know or it's not important. The water, I mean, where's it from? Is it from like the Jesus store? Did you put it in like the, like, I don't know, it's just water. No, it's not the fact that it's just water. It's what it symbolizes. And it's the testimony. Nineveh was just a city. But when Jonah showed up, that city was changed. When you step in that water right there, I'm telling you right now, your life will be changing. We've had story after story of people that have shared what that means to them. And I want to share a story with you about a family that attends here at our Conway location. This is a family of four, husband and wife and two children. And their life change moment through baptism started because of their son. Their son. And they came to an event. Because the son said, I want to be faithfully obedient. It ultimately literally hit a domino in this family. And over the course of the next few moments, the next few weeks and months, literally just domino effect, the entire family's lives were changed. Because they didn't view baptism as a side event, they viewed it as a powerful life change moment. So y'all check out this story. We're the Vanderbilts. I'm Tim. This is my wife, Nadia, my daughter, Lauren, and my son, Logan. And we are blessed to be in front of you today to tell you about our baptismal story. And we have two very different stories to tell you. Um, my story, after having an establishing relationship with Christ, um, actually happened at one of the Man Up events here at Rethink Life that Logan and I attended. Um, and it was a moving day for us. Um, and when it came to baptism and, and that call came, I was, I was uncertain of whether or not I was going to do it, but Logan um, really encouraged me and said, Dad, now's the time. Um, I feel it. I'm sure you feel it. And I had to set an example for my son and, and take those steps, that leap of faith and trust in God, and, and Logan helped to drive that in me. And I can tell you that there was nothing better than that feeling of showing everyone in that room changed our lives, at least mine and, and Logan's, we know that um, for the better, and we continue to tell folks about our story um, and encourage any of you that are on the verge and, and are thinking about it, that the time is now, you'll know it in your heart, uh, Christ will come to you and tell you it's that time, and we encourage you to take that leap of faith and decide and show everyone how happy you are to have that moment and be baptized. 
my baptism story is a little different uh, because I was raised Catholic and um, for the majority of my life I thought, well, I've been baptized, um, I'm a follower of Christ, I don't need to be baptized again. But um, after uh, attending Rethink Life Church and giving my life to Christ, um, I decided that I needed to make the next step in showing my devotion and showing um, our congregation that this was the next step in, in my walk with Christ. And I can tell you that um, I had a lot of hesitation because I, I was already baptized, but it's made my life better. It's made my relationship with my children better. Um, it's made our family stronger and better. And I encourage you, if you're thinking twice about it, now is the time. It, it'll be a good decision for you. Is that not unbelievable? Come on, let's give them a hand. Is that not awesome? You know what I love about that story? I love a lot about that story, honestly. But what I love about it is it started because of the child wanting to be obedient. And then the father being challenged by the child for obedience. The second thing I love about that story is the fact that they showed up in an event not expecting to be baptized. They showed up dry, expecting to leave dry. they knew that in order for them to be blessed the way that they're supposed to be blessed, um, they had to do something they'd never done before. And so I don't know about you this morning, um, I, don't, I don't know what God has laid on you, what God has put in you, but I do know this, there's somebody in this room this morning that you don't need to leave dry. You just don't need to. I'm telling you, you're going you're gonna to stand up, you're going to walk out in the moment, and, and you're going to leave dry, and you're going to miss the blessing God has for you. And I don't know who it is, but it's somebody. And I don't want you to sleep on the blessings of God. I don't want you to miss what God wants for you because you're not willing to be faithfully obedient to Him. And so this morning, I want you to know something. We're prepared for you. You weren't prepared, but we're prepared. We have everything that you need this morning to be baptized. Some of you are thinking, good, because I do not want to be baptized in jeans. <laughs> we've got shorts, we've got t-shirts, we've got undergarments, we literally have everything you need, and it's ready for you, the only thing it's missing is you, the only thing those items right now are missing is you, and so this morning, we're going to conclude our service a little different than we normally do, because I want to give you a time to respond, and I'm going to pray for you in just a moment, and then we're going to worship together. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to respond to what God's asking you to do today. But before we do that, can I pray? Can I do that? Can everybody bow your head, close your eyes?